0: Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I have with me Professor YL Bataway. I think I got that right, Badawi. Well, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I highly appreciate being here and uh, looking forward for your questions.
0: Yes. Well, my first question for you is, you are a confident speaker, hands down, without a doubt. I don't even have to do a lot of research behind it. Where did your confidence come from?
1: Uh, I believe uh, my confidence came from my journey of uh, developing skills to understand the audience. So basically, I started uh, back in 2000 as a professor, and I flew to uh, Orlando, Florida, and I had to speak in front of like 3,000 people. I remember on that day, I was so shy, looking, holding the microphone, looking at my feet, and having all of these people around me. Um, Later on, uh, as a professor, I used to teach in different classes. And I have also one thing to say here. That's back in 1999, over 2000, I have been uh, invited to give tutorials. Uh, One was in uh, Geneva, Switzerland, and the other one was in Istanbul, Turkey, back to back. And at that time, I had my uh, PowerPoint slides. I had my printout. Everything was bagged on my biggest possible compact uh, compact laptop at the time. At that time, we had no Gmail. We had no file sharing. We had just about Hotmail. And guess what? My plane uh, arrived. However, my luggage followed me two days uh, apart. So I, I was in Geneva, supposed to give uh, two days or three days tutorials. I have no material whatsoever. Uh, following that, to Istanbul, I had the same thing. So my plane arrived to Geneva while I was in Istanbul supposed to teach. So I learned at the time that public speaker does not have to have any PowerPoint support. We don't talk to the PowerPoint. We don't read or, or, or we call it a recitation of the PowerPoint. So I developed my mastermind or mind map talk. I have a few podcasts and a few online tutorials on how to schedule. 20 minutes to three hours presentation with no handout whatsoever by counting the the topics on your fingers or just to go through your uh, tour, through your house uh, or a place you love. And in each one of these locations, you store one item. And this item, you have some power words for it. And guess what? Just put the power words in any paragraphs you would like don't worry about the grammar mistakes or the spelling mistakes or the pronunciation mistakes. Just do it. Record yourself a couple of times. Each time you will develop a better skills, a better enhancement, and that's it. So I used to go around and teach people how to keep in their brain uh, a mind uh, or a plan for the presentation without having anything written. And as a matter of fact, there are some key, uh, um, uh, speakers around the world but i cannot talk about them i taught them this models i taught them how to uh, put a story uh, links as a as a mind map and you put the power words and you you make sure you speak to it 80 percent of them you don't worry about anything people don't know because you don't know what you don't know so if i'm telling you something and uh, you would like to say, yeah, you know what? He's missing part. Nobody will know that because you don't know what I'm saying. So you don't know what you don't know.
0: Right, right. You know, you'll sometimes hear speakers who say something like, oh, I forgot to tell you this or, oh, I wish we had more time to cover this. They don't know. The audience doesn't know that you left out something or that you forgot something unless you tell them that. And in that moment, while you're on that stage covering those points that you've outlined, you plan to cover, you are the expert. And it's okay if you don't know everything. Don't worry about whether somebody in the audience knows more about the topic than you do. You, with that microphone, at that point in time, are the expert. Will you talk a little bit more about that, how you have to make sure you don't let imposter syndrome get in your way?
1: Okay, uh, this particular uh, syndrome, it's amazing when you teach PhD graduate or PhD or master graduate how to go past their defense. So I was, because I am, I'm technically a professor for a few years, like uh, maybe currently I'm actually teaching in the University of Hertfordshire and uh, I'm doing some academic work still coming back in engineering and the business side. Um, However, I stopped for like eight years or so and be a professional trainer for professional speakers, that's it. So early in my career, I had this issue. As students will go in, he will start to speak, he will start to talk too much in his PhD defense, his master defense. And guess what? He stimulates and he invoke questions and hard questions from the examiner by him saying more than what he's supposed to say. So I was teaching them early on you are the master. You know what? Do 20,000 experiments. Explain two and don't tell anyone about the, other, the rest of them because they don't know. So uh, later on in uh, my career, we went through a few different uh, variations and, delay- and lately we developed the uh, behavioral engagement emotional trigger model, which basically a model, uh, according to my colleagues in uh, neuro-linguistic programming, this is the highest level or this is exceeding neuro-linguistic programming. I'm a scientist, engineer uh, by, tra- by practice. So I developed models using flowcharts and uh, complex like engineering drawing. And what it simply says is, if you want to engage audience, audience are classified into four categories. Category number one will engage with value and credibility. Category number two, beside it in the top right-hand side, will be relation impact on people. And category number three, which is lower uh, right side, w- would be process information and category number four, which is on the lower left hand side it's time urgency. All of this quadrant has to be adjacent in this way because people what we found I'm, and i'm not sure that there's somebody have been able to come up with similar model because I've been looking for like seven years now I am not um a psychologist. I did, not te- I did not learn, but I have a PhD in computer electrical engineering uh, side of things. So I learn, I read a lot in behavior. And this is, I call it behavioral models. What this will do for me that I must have a keyword which resonates with each quadrant. And the audience in front of me will be uh, majority of them will have two dominant characteristics so and the two dominant usually are side to side so if you can visualize this four quadrant what you will realize is people who care about value and the credibility and i'll explain what does it mean to them they actually have a conflict and they don't like they diverge from process information uh, talks so and that's why if you have somebody say oh you know what this is too much of information for me i'm confused it my brain starts to be to 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 block out because you are saying one, two, you are telling me steps. So this kind of information, you basically disengage the audience in the subconscious mind. Yes. If we go to the other quadrant, will be a relationship impact against, urgency, time, against time urgency. So a very simple question, if we are mangling together as a friend, we hate the time. We hate the time. Because the time will give us indications that we are not. So these two quadrants will uh, basically diverge. A uh, simple exercise we did before is we went to articles. And we came up with, I came up with like 3,000 words. And these keywords are located in each, covered each quadrant. So we went to magazines, we went to articles, and we we'll start to demonstrate how people can read these articles. And then we you can pick up four colors and mark each one of the, Power keywords under these quadrants into the article. You will know exactly the characteristics of the one or the mind who will engage with this article. So engineers usually they care about time and how to do it. Yes. Uh, business ad- a administrator and the nurses, they care about human impact or personal impact and process information. Uh, people who have money, they are value human information and the CEOs of companies are basically value and the time urgency you tell them what does it mean to them how it will advance them how who who, what credibility do you have and you will tell them when they will see the result they will give you the money so these models is not like Myers-Briggs models it's not like the color model it's not like the golden model it's not a personality model it's a model in three seconds to nine seconds you start to engage with the right keyword from the look of it. So if you have, and the look of it is not a reading, a, a body, a, a body uh, style reading. And these models are not accurate. So you don't tell me it doesn't work for me because basically what I'm saying here is there is an entry keywords which will engage some audience. And if you keep asking questions, you will start to navigate through them. Again, as personality models, this is, has to do with the tone, with the human emotional uh, level so if you are if somebody's going through divorce and i am sorry to say that but this is a common thing we see right now in every society people in our in societies they go through divorce they became emotionally engaged they don't need to know about the process and the court what they need is the maximum value out and uh, in a very short period so you'll find people who are engaged before getting into divorce, and they go, they celebrate in a very expensive restaurant. They take care about the kids. They take care about their spouses. However, when the break will come, their mentality will change. You also, if you are pressured in time, if you are if you have emotionally, if you are in a negative mood, and the negative mode could be because you are rushed for a meeting. You are rushed to, keep, to pick up the kids from school. You are rushed because you feel you are left out. Or you are in a good mood. So my models will sort this uh, quadrant in orders based on the emotional status. And this is not a personality. This is a temporal behavior or incident-based behavior. So if you have your manager going quickly and he wants to leave, if you tell him, "Oh, you know what, I will tell you something very quick. In, an, in, in two seconds, he will stop, listen to you with the proper keyword. You can engage him for 15 to 20 minutes. Engagement in a very engaged discussion. However, if you tell him no, no you know what? I have a big information I have a important point I want to tell you. He will tell you, you know what? I don't have some time right now. I have to go to pick up my kids, or I have an appointment. So this power of keywords, selecting it. So if you add a map of powerful titles with powerful keywords, and you understand how to operate this four quadrant, you can basically speak out, at least for at least two to three keywords which matches this quadrant and when you come and say guys who's here engineer people raise their hand you start to count the room you start to see the majority of the room and then you start to organize to give your audience which is i love your audience because i i really like the way you conduct your podcast Uh, the way you do it for example like uh, something called efficient efficient means what Efficient means for well, time while, quickly. I, I,
0: got, while, I I'd hate, to I've, I'd hate to interrupt, but I've got to jump in. I've got to sure, use, sure, go ahead, go ahead. Jump in right quick. So I have a quick question for you. It's kind of a, a, a silly question, but I have a quick question for you. Have you been using some of those power words with us
1: <laughs> during the uh, course? The, 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 my biggest challenge right now is to, is to stop using it because I am the master of this science. I am the wow, one who developed I this it. theory. And I'm the one who developed this theory my two or three books in beat. We call it beat. B e e t is like beats. You know the beats. It's yeah. basically beats will uh, will will dye your clothes with red color. So this beat will dye your audience. This is how I came up with the word beat. Behavioral yeah. em- engagement, emotional trigger, and my biggest talk uh, was mindless compliance because using this keyword, you can let your audience mindlessly comply to your offer. I cannot stop myself from using it. And I hate it. Like, you know, when you go back to the scientist, uh, you know, uh, inventor uh, communities, I use these techniques subconsciously. And when I feel bad about it, I stop there and I start to... to <laughs> I start to explain them the concept. I start to say, you know what? I breach... So people will tell me, you breach what you live. You, you live this and you breach it. It's not... I learn it in the books. I develop it. Now, okay, now
0: let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So let's say you have, let's say you don't have a homogenous group where there's all nurses or all CEOs or all sales or all engineers. What do you do if you have a smattering of all four? People who value value and credibility. People who value relationship and the impact on people and who value process information, who value
1: time and urgency,
0: and they're all mixed in. What do you do in that instance?
1: You basically state the keywords which match all quadrant in a different priorities in each each different segment. So usually we tell, uh, I tell my audience or my clients or or my follower, whatever you call them, that each presentation will start with a hook. After the hook, you come with three points of uh, Non, non, non-information. You recite them, so in the verbiage of reciting them, you start to use the different expressions from different quadrant. You start to show the impact on them. By the way, people impact start with yourself. So the impact of yourself, the impact on you when you have the the cross big your, uh, 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 on your chest, when you have the scarf or the hijab for uh, people who are Muslims. These people have a very strong relation with themselves. So this is people impact or personal impact starts with yourself. People who put lots of makeup, who come very dressy like dolls, these people who care really, really, really about the personal impact. They don't care about time urgency. And if someone of them will have the the Givenchy or the big signage of the credible like uh, uh, Michael Kors and all of this kind of big signages, these people will go back to the value. They value stuff. They value credibility. So when you talk about Oprah Winfrey, when you talk about who you are, what's your PhD in, what's your studies in, who did you mangle with, you will, get, you will, you will engage their minds. I know you may not like what I'm saying. I know you may disagree with it. It's
0: not, it's not st- that I don't like. It's not <laughs> that I don't like it, but I'll say this. I show up with my makeup on and my heels on and so on, but I very much so value time and value urgency. I want you to start on time. I want you to end the presentation on time. So I don't show up looking like a doll, like you put it, right? And I, you know, and I've seen people who, you know, like the brand images or wear the big Louis Vuitton this or Chanel that or what have you. But I, I, I think it's, I don't know, maybe they're outliers, right? Maybe I'm an outlier, but uh, no, uh, I, I don't you want, value. I don't want listeners to paint with too big too broad of a brush, I guess, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, but you value you value you you you, you care about the values and the credibility. And the lower corner to it is time urgency. So if you are in this mode, you have two above each, uh, each other. The beauty about this theory or this model is you never have the cross. And the other thing is. When you get engaged, when you get emotional, emotion levels, you will change your priorities. But at all time, you have the four components. We did some work before on on assessing the components from social media. So when people come and read some material on social media, we start to give them score in every quadrant. The top, the, the, the summation or the addition, or if you add the three different scores, you have to end up with 100%. So you may have 54, you may have 57, you may have 64. It doesn't matter. So I did some work in this area and I found how people can get engaged with Facebook page uh, posts, with LinkedIn posts, with social media, with engagement, with speeches. And I can tell you, I go like I was telling somebody the other day is when I came, when I come um, to different areas and I need to find a job. I go knock the door of the CEO or the president of the place. And if I have his ear for five to 10 minutes, I walk away with the contract or the promise of the contract, because I know exactly from the way he looks, from the way he speaks, it it takes three, two to three questions. And you immediately grab the power word. And I can, if you don't mind, I can share with your audience one of these easy questions. Would, yes. would you allow me to? Please. Okay. So one of the, yes. one of the question is, how did you spend your last weekend, and how was it? So people will come and say a few answers. So one will come and say, oh, you know what? We went over to the seas- seaside. The kids love the beach. They enjoy they the beach. Immediately, these are the type of people who like personal impact on their family. This is the kind of people, when you go visit their uh, rooms or their offices, you will find themselves surrounding by all kinds of photos to feel warm and appreciated in the reason. Somebody else will tell you, oh, you know what? The road was too busy and we have to drive here and there. And we have... This is process information immediately. These people who care about the process. When people say, oh, wow, you know what? We went to the Double Tree Hotel. We went to Hilton Hotel. We don't do commercialization around here. I understand that. But if somebody will go to Double Tree and mention it, it means if somebody will come say, oh, you know what? We went to Hawaii, to this lagoon. You know what? These people care about the credibility. They feel proud about it. So simple questions and the, the the non-trained, the non-trained individuals will give you the key to their subconscious mind.
0: I love that. And- oh, my goodness. I, that was outstanding. I love that strategy. Uh, YL, that was that was outstanding. Everybody, YL Badawi is a business leader of tomorrow. He's a top 40, under 40 in business. He is in a, an international award-winning speaker, author, educator, innovator, and trainer. Internationally, he successfully built seven multi-million dollar sustainable businesses within periods of six months or less. And as a multilingual speaker, he's lectured to more than 1.5 million entrepreneurs, business leaders, students, and scientists in technology, innovation, business, and entrepreneurship. He has more than 60,000 hours of teaching, lecturing, and keynote speaking in business, engineering, technical concerns, legal discourse, arbitration, dispute resolutions, and life transformations. He has taught groups ranging from six people to 14,000 people in a single session. And his audiences include world leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, graduates, masters, seamen, community leaders, new employees, engineers, scientists, doctors, you name it, he's spoken to them. He's worked with them. He's just absolutely uh, a a. a a wealth, a wealth of information and incredible knowledge. Tell me about a a presentation that is just completely unforgettable. A presentation that you've delivered where you it just knocks your socks off.
1: Okay, uh, this is so funny because uh, about five years ago I was invited to someone's celebration for re- receiving her PhD, and uh, suddenly I found uh, her uh, supervisor in the party the party was nice they were from jordan and they have this nice very jordanian food and the stuff which basically you eat one time in your life because you are doing diet and try to lose weight so suddenly a lady said oh you are professor badawi i said yes this was like 2018 okay i said yes this i'm uh, while badawi you oh, know i remember you stand on the stage in 2001 and you said one day i will have a Nobel Prize. Did you get your Nobel nomination yet? So I was shocked that somebody, it was true, I was speaking on the first year of experience at University of Calgary at the time. I was one of these marquee professors over there, just the junior guy. They used to call me, I am the, fil- the young fellow in a hurry because, you know, like we came from overseas. We immigrated to Canada and North America from overseas. So we grabbed every single damn opportunity. We don't let it go. I believe you understand. Like, I can see you. I, I, I spent too much time in Louisiana and Texas uh, and in Houston, and I got my PhD in Lafayette. So I dealt with people there. Like, we just grab the opportunity and run with it, okay?
0: There's no such thing as spending too much time in Texas or uh,
1: Louisiana, just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what I learned from that by practice is to get people to un- to always remember your talk is to align your dream with their biggest dream. So when I stand in front of young super, uh, young fellows doing uh, first year or second year of teaching at university, they try to be scientists. Any scientist will dream about Nobel Prize. Despite the fact we are engineers, we are not candidate or eligible for a class in Nobel Prize because Nobel Prize usually are for physician, for mathematician, for chemist, not for engineers and not for computer engineers. They are for scientists, not engineering. However, when I said so, this lady, after she became a full professor at the university, she still remember 16, 17 years ago, the name of this young fellow sitting on the stage, expressing and spelling out her dream. The best thing you can do always to your audience is to encourage them, to give them motivated, to foster them towards their biggest dream, which may not be achievable, but they work toward it. And in the meantime, they grab a little bit of reward. They enjoy life. They get engaged and they, they impact uh, their life in a positive way. So this is one of the things which is, I learned.
0: I think that is absolutely platinum, not golden, but platinum where the speaker encourages listeners to work toward their biggest dreams that is what you're there for it's not about you the speaker it is about the audience and the feeling that they have in a little bit you'll have an opportunity to ask me a question so i am i i I think i'm ready i'm not really sure but i think i'm i think i'm ready for it now
1: so, uh, so out of uh, your uh, career as a speaker and interviewer in, on a podcast, if you want to summarize the biggest advice to give it to average career to, or junior to average career as a public speaker, what is the advice you will provide them based on your experience?
0: Based on my experience, the number one piece of advice I would give is to help the audience See your vision and help the audience see that you are also human. Oftentimes we get caught up in the data and the research and the statistics and following our script. And we'll leave out the personal connection. We'll leave out the personal stories. And that's what is going to make the audience fall in love with you. And I didn't always do that. And I still don't do a very good job of giving those personal stories or those personal connections in my presentations. Yes, it does depend on the audience. It depends on who's in front of me. If it's a bunch of C-suite, uh, employees if you will c-level employees they're not so much interested in in, per, in the personal story so yes it does depend on who's in front of me but my number one piece of advice is really finding a way to show that you are human and helping the audience relate to you and that's giving some of your personal story and and uh, I, I I still work on that to this day and but when I find that I do that while I find that the the presentation, the whole experience is so much richer. People feel so much more uplifted and they feel like they can connect to me. That's my one piece of advice, just finding that little personal piece to share.
1: Yeah, it's a well of advice because uh, people don't realize that people buy from people. We don't buy because of anything other than relations. We always tell uh, our audience, you know what? Uh, connecting to audience is heart-to-heart connection. So you have to look at your audience and point your heart to their heart and they never block them with a suit or a jacket to block the heart-to-heart connection. Eye-to-eye connection is not sufficient. So the, the, the biggest challenge now for me is I'm going back to academia and you stand in front of these scientists who are trying to bore lots of information in your brain without justification of impact, without answering why, why do I even care? And, you know, I sit there, I wish they are a good scientist, you know what? But however, their presentation skills will let me stand and leave the room. So as to your point, did I use my technology against you or not? I am subconsciously applying this. And I can tell you, I walk away from presentations and for presidents of universities and ministers and stuff here in different countries I'm visiting right now and these people, you know what? They will be surprised. They, you know what? They're not professional. Why do I listen to an unprofessional speaker? If his speaker is not professional, he did not invest in himself to get into the layer of, of professionalism to convince me to listen to him. Why do I care? You know? So I don't know. I just, uh, all what I can say, it's, I really you got me out of my way. I, I enjoy talking to you on this podcast. I love your questions. I love your accent, by the way. I love yours too,
0: right? You know, so I do want to back up. I, I know you're sitting here having this love, this virtual love fest, but I want to back up for a second and piggyback off of something that you were talking about in terms of you need to give them a reason to listen. You need to give them a reason to lean in and want to hear what you have to say. And it can't be the fact that you're the one that's on the stage, that they are going to listen to you, that you have a captive audience. I learned that early on when I started teaching at 7.30 in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at a local community college. And most of my students had just graduated high school. So we're talking 17, 18, 19 year olds in an English class. Who wants to talk about a thesis statement at 7.30 a.m. on a Monday? Nobody. And I could not go in there acting like, oh, well, they're here. They're registered for the course and I'm at the front of the room. So I've got this captive audience. I had to find a way to make them scoop to the edges of their seats and want to take in what it was I had to say. And the same thing goes for presenters. We cannot assume just because we have the title of speaker that everything just kind of Flows naturally from there, and everybody's going to love your message. We just can't.
1: What is. I agree with. What was said that one more time? I agree with you, and I can tell you like, I'm here uh, doing some uh, remodeling for some engineering teaching uh, curriculums here, and my biggest challenge here is the teachers or the instructor at the university, they are uh, very senior uh, wise age, and people at the wise age they have like 50 years apart from the students and the students who are playing with the iPad every day, with the Facebook, with all kinds of uh, WhatsApp and all kinds of electronics standing in front of the dad of grandpa, teaching them circuits or electronics or whatever course. So nobody will believe I'm picking on somebody. Exactly. These people are very rigid, very tough. They are like, you remember when we were at school and when we got punished for uh, not coming on time by the second and you know, all these kind of attitudes. So we are trying to, I'm trying here to remodel the attitudes by providing courses for people. And it's people just like whoever junior uh, professors, they gain my uh, knowledge and they access them as they try to put them to practice. They came back and said, you know what, this is amazing. So we are, I understand completely what you said. However, I also explain this, like when we do, we have uh, some few TED clubs around here established in some universities, And I go around, I tell them, you know what, if you want to win an interview for a job, you have to learn public speaking. If you want to win anything in your life, you have two things. I worked with so many marquee scientists worldwide, people who invented uh, filters for, for uh, color TVs, people who are inventors of so many things. All of them have two characteristics, which is, and the third one, I'll explain it. They can write very well or they can talk very well. And each one of them have a style, have an accent. The accent is part of your DNA, is part of your fingerprint. You talk slowly, I do have an accent. The British speakers have an, a British accent and the Scottish are, and the Irish and the North American, the Egyptian, the Indian, the Chinese, each one has his own accent. It's part of your DNA. Express it with your accent slowly. People will understand you. People will get to know your accent by saying a few words up front. People will tune their ear to it. Just get there to serve people at their the, the, at their level. Don't stand like a very senior professor or a very wise professor trying to banish them because they have the leg. So I completely agree with you. It's just basically, public speaking is a sig- door to win your life because you can convince people engage them
0: there you have it there you have it anything else from you today this has just been a master class i tell you what else does do the listeners need to know from UIL in order to make sure that they're showing up and showing out on the microphone
1: um there is a few uh... Structures we have been uh, working with, and these few structures will go to also some marquee talk- speakers. So basically, we organize our talks by having, as I said, you start to you you never start to apologize or start to affirm the obvious. You never say welcome. You never uh, thank the host. You thank the host later on. Usually, we structure our talks as uh, you can go in with a hook. It could be a video about you. It could be a very funny hard story. Something to hook your audience. You can elaborate a couple of pieces of information or up to three pieces of information, and you give uh, testimonials or stories where you could help people. And this information has to be known by your audience. So you basically stand with them at the same level. And with testimonials or stories about your, your customers or how you solve these problems, uh, you get yourself two steps apart. Then you can re-elaborate on the title, and then you say, who are you? to be able to talk about these problems. And at that point, you thank the audience as a host and you say, thank you so and so for bringing me here because I'm the best one to talk about that. So people will get appreciated as host. Then you can go over the challenges in your life. And the challenges are usually odd numbers between three, five, seven, nine, 19 to 11 based on how long do you have. And these challenges are very well elaborated in one of my books. They are basically framework. So the topic challenge, which is number one, which goes at the end, and usually we count uh, reverse-wise because people will, if you count one, two, three, four, people will feel uh, they want to leave. But if you count five, four, three, two, one, people will know that you have two pieces more to go. So people will slow down and they will not uh, move a lot if they don't like you. And at that point, there are the number one is basically you, which is the audience. Number two is you don't take actions on time. So figure out any verbiage to fill the framework that your audience don't take actions on time. Number three is you listen to the wrong uh, advice. Number four is uh, you uh, you don't know what to do. And number five is you don't know what you don't know. If you can frame all of your talks among these questions, among this framework, you don't talk about the framework itself, but basically you say it in your own um, application i would say like if you talk about psychology if you talk about divorce uh, second life if you talk about uh, uh, beliefs if you talk about uh, um, you, if you are selling any, any products if you can match this with testimonial one or two or three against each one of those and then at the end you end up with your offer because now the problem is you don't know what you don't know i showed you what you know you don't know what to do. I showed you what to do. You listen to the wrong guys. I'm the correct one. You don't take actions. No, ha- now we have to take action. Who is now the blockage is you. So if you can map this, and this is one of my, my, one of my courses, which is available online. It's not, uh, it's everything is available. As you know, like for us, we share the values. At the end of the day, people who like to say if it's really effective, if it's really work, if you want to assess what they do, they have to come to us. But the value itself is there. At the end, you have to establish your offer with nine layers of price because people will come and say, I want to sell at that point. No, no, you don't sell at the point. You engage at different points and then you tune up. We put all of the giveaways and then at the end, people will sign up for you. These models work with individuals uh, and this individual, one of them was actually going around for three years and in three months, by shifting that in three months, he was able to double his sales from three years in the next shows, and effectively he was booked for some shows i did not book him for show. i just basically retune his presentation so this is the advice i would give your audience if you know this sequence by heart as you see me i'm i know it. i'm not reading it by the way like i have nothing in front of me, but i know it and you ask me the hard question did you use this against me i'm telling you it's in my blood now i've been doing it and the way i'm convincing people this is the level of the speakers who has to be convinced, because if you are not convinced with these models, you did not practice them enough, you'll start saying, ha, 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 oh, look at this. ah, ah." You start to mumble. At that point, you lose the confidence in your audience. So I teach how to engage, or you do the engagement, or you teach them how to engage, and then a small smile at the offer or the price. And you know that. You know that many of us will be afraid of selling. Many of us will be afraid of asking for money. And if you don't ask for it, you don't get it. So yep. if you believe you have a value, if you believe you have a value, if you believe you are credible and having a value to change people's lives to a positive side, you shall be able to get a reward against that. And if people don't commit money, they will not follow up what you are saying because people need to commit. And the only commitment we can get from people to apply is to get some money up front. So I, you know what? I go and preach this particular statement to so many people. They, they, they are fabulous speakers. They have a very um, amazing programs in neurolinguistic programming or in uh, heart mass uh, science, in uh, uh, breaking your beliefs. And they, they are, when it comes to sell, they cannot sell because they are shy of asking. This mm-hmm. is one area which is people need to develop. So, if I'm convinced I'm good enough, I will do it. Okay. So, going awesome. back to you.
0: Awesome. 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 Awesome strategies. Great information. This has been a dynamic conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. YL Badawi. You've been fantastic.
1: Thank you. Hi, Lapachit
0: awesome. And to my listeners, really appreciate you tuning in as always. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.